Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shalook. Shalisten. The podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shalook. Shalisten. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. Every week more dramatic, including now a little off to the side lean to take a breath like that guy from Chocolate Rain. Benjamin, sure, yes. look, we don't have time to talk about any of that because this week we're looking at your three favourite words, Love, Death and Robots, Series 3. I love them. We're looking at my two favourite words, Ben, Love and Thunder, because we finally had a trailer for Thor, Love and Thunder. Also, Doctor Strange's next bloody week... Yeah, Who saw that apparently. coming? You've <laughs> watched me. you've watched the show Benjamin on Netflix, I think, called Severance. Apple TV, but we're okay. Apple, we're nearly there. Apple TV. It's called Severance, I believe. And yes. we've watched Moon Knight episode four. Lots bloody going on. We we were busy, Michael. So listen, if that wasn't enough, and it actually might be for a change, probably is. Uh, we're we're gonna we're only gonna go and take a look at at that staple of pop culture, that mm. essential cog. In the wheel of all good mystery TV shows and movies, the snitch, the mm. leaky spigot, mm. the rat. Yeah, I ain't saying nothing, Ben. Yeah, you never do. It makes podcasting with you very difficult. I say nothing of substance. Benjamin. <laughs> yes. Speaking of nothing of substance, the trailer for Love, Death and Robots Series 3 left me a bit cold. Michael, I got not an ounce of titillation or excitement. No, it was mostly clips from season one and two, Ben. Yes, Michael, it was a very, it was the the early 2000s Windows Movie Maker version of a teaser trailer. Mm. Get the intern <laughs> to make us a teaser, teaser trailer for season three, please. Yeah, it literally fed the episodes into an AI thing on the interwebs mm. and it spat out a thing and they're like, there you go. Benjamin, was there any new footage whatsoever? There were a few different things, Michael. There seems to be a classy uh, bourgeois party of some kind happening. Okay. There was a little much. bit of a there was a little bit of a fighty fight at one point. Are, are these new things, Ben? Because I have to be honest with you, Ben. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of season two. I don't remember a lot of season two either, Michael. I think we both blocked it out for reasons of sanity. I know we've both seen every last one of them. I, I know we both have, but Michael, you and I pointed out on this this here podcast, Michael, back I think when it was Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Oh, classic. Oh, the good old those days. Those halcyon days. Yeah. Back when it was that, we pointed out that season two was of wildly varying quality. Mm. And of wildly varying memorability, apparently. Except not that varying, just all forgettable. All forgettable, Michael. I still remember episodes of, of season one of Love, Death and Robots, Michael. Remember the lady who was stuck in a time loop? Bloody Akila Rift lady. Remember her? What was she doing? She was, there was some sort of monster and it was spiders or something. Yeah, she was ensnaring people in space. Yeah, Ben, remember the men in the Combine Harvesters fighting the Horde, and, but it turned out they were on their planet the whole time? I even remember, Michael, the unlucky ship. Oh, Ben, the unlucky ship. It was so unlucky. And Michael, that should have been the least memorable of any episode of anything exactly. ever. Exactly, Cats versus Draculas. They were great. I would, I would pay for a whole series of Cats versus Draculas. I don't remember anything from season two, except there was one where a man was stuck on a planet or something. There was The one I remember from season two, Michael, is where he got off the train. And he wasn't no, supposed the- to get off the train. Oh, he wasn't supposed to get off the train. Everyone was like, stay on the train, stay you big Stay on gobshite. the train, you big dose. 
And he said, nah, I'm getting off this train. That's actually, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, that's what people actually get told by Aaron Road Aaron here in Ireland whenever you try to yeah. get off the wrong stop. You're just like, oh, just get back on the train, you dose. Yeah, this is Limerick Junction. Get back on the train, you absolute gobshite. No, it's not Limerick Station, Maine, you dose. <laughs> it's so clear. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably watch it anyway. Oh, we will, yeah, because it was it was good, Michael. It's still it's still a great way to pass some time. Look, Benjamin, I have no need for things to pass the time. I've got lots to do. Okay, well, you've, 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 you do you do have a lot on your plate, Michael, at the minute. I've got lots to do, Ben. You're an international man of mystery. <laughs> I have a very, very mysterious, Benjamin. I don't need anything killing time for me, thank you very much. I want quality content just hooked directly into my veins constant quality content constant quality content Ben the KKK as you call it oh fuck Benjamin <laughs> um, yes Benjamin yes speaking of the KKK oh, um, no I, I can't get a smooth there's nowhere to go with that Michael I, I suppose uh, if you want to go down the white supremacy route the KKK are often very fond of the Norse gods Oh, well, that's one. We could also take a look at the hard rock styling of the poster, which is reminiscent of a Leonard Skinner or some other southern rock and roll band. I don't know if Leonard Skinner would be happy with us um, associating with the KKK. I don't know if Taika Waititi, noted Maori descendant, would also be happy with us comparing his new movie to the KKK, Michael. So well, I think- let's stop it then, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, we Benjamin. Should. We've seen a trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, which is out in about two weeks. Yeah, it would have been nice, Michael, as always, if Taika had given us a head up. Yeah. We could have yeah, yeah. we could have probably delayed recording the podcast until it came out, but instead Yes. In what is the latest in a series of blows against this podcast in terms of timeliness and relevance, it came out directly after we posted our episode. Benjamin, we are being held down by Big Marvel left, right and centre. Fucking big Marvel, man. Big Marvel money. They're just trying to keep down this plucky independent podcast. Benjamin, yeah. it doesn't matter. I love the Thor series. I even love Thor The Dark World, your favourite Thor. Michael, from, from one trailer, Love, Death and Robots, that gave me absolutely no hope for the future, to a trailer yes. that literally made me excited for the Marvel movie franchise again. Finally. Finally, Michael. This one I was like, because, Michael, let's be honest with each other here. All right. We've, we've, real talk. We've New had, segment, Ben. Real talk. New segment. Real talk. real talk. There was a pandemic. Yeah, I remember. Okay. And the quality of movies that Marvel was putting out during that time. Certain decline, Ben. Certain decline. Certain decline in mm. what we've come to expect. Now, Michael, I have since seen The Eternals. Not a bad film, but not a Marvel film by the traditional standard to which we hold them. Not marvellous in a way. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then there was... Benjamin, the fake laughing at the fake joke has made me do a real laugh. <laughs> then there was Black Widow, Michael. Oh, I don't even remember, was there? Uh, yeah, so that happened where Ray Winstone was notably misogyny. Oh, yeah, he represented misogyny and she beat him up. And she beat him up with her fists. Yeah, he played the character of misogyny. Yes, yeah, a classic. And then, Michael, so we haven't had a big Marvel moment for a while. Now, some people... Benjamin. Yes. Just a couple of months ago, there was a fucking shitload of Spider-Mans. Oh, I forgot the shitload of Spider-Mans. I always think of them as separate movies, Michael. I don't even put them in the same bracket. I'm sorry. Mm. The last big one we had was shitload of Spider-Mans. And? And? Jared Leto's coming to get you. Don't forget. Oh, I forgot about noted Oscar-tipped, early Oscar-tipped film Mobius. Yes, Mobius. The, the story Mobius of strip. French comic book maker. 
Mobius. Probably would have been better, Ben. Yeah, I would have watched that. Jared Leto probably would have tried to play him, though, so that would have been no good. Yeah, well, I would have been happy enough if Jared Leto had spliced his genetics together with the genetics of Mobius, the now dead <laughs> French comic book artist. <laughs> I see. I see. And he was just flapping around Manhattan drawing comic book panels. It would have been brilliant. That's what you're hoping for in life, Michael. That's that's peak cinema mm. for you. But Michael, anyway, sorry. What are we what are we talking about? This one actually reinvigorated a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of oomph, a little bit of anticipation in me mm. for a for a Marvel series. Michael, it looks like we're we're reaching Thor at at his, his twilight period, his his reflective phase. Mm. Mm. He's got back in shape a bit. He's back in shape, Michael. He's wearing crop tops by the looks of things. He's doing that that heavy water, heavy ropes thing. Yeah, because it's a classic. Big chains, Michael. And it's Chris Evans, not Chris Evans, which one? Chris Hemsworth. He's always doing that in real life. Yeah, he loves a rope, Michael. He's got a whole fitness app. You can get it on the on the apps. I think you're thinking of Jeremy Renner again. I am. Jeremy Renner's friendship he actually, app. genuinely, Chris Hemsworth has center fitness and... Uh, oh. You can you can work out with Thor. That's the whole pitch. Benjamin. Yeah. I hope that there is some cross promotion for that in the film. There definitely will be. That's that's why those ropes are happening. <laughs> I hope he uses the app with the actor Chris Hemsworth in the app. And he's doing the exercises with the actor Chris Hemsworth on the app. And then I will sign up for that app bit. But it's but it's Chris Hemsworth played by Liam Hemsworth as in exactly as in the ben. previous job. Ah, very good. Lots of in jokes. Mm. Very good. Too meta in some people's eyes. But yeah, but right screw those people because it's our podcast. Yeah, we'll have it. Benjamin. Yeah. He's getting in shape. He's off with the with the spacemen. Guardians of the Galaxy. Those gang. Yeah, he's off with them. Yeah. But it looks like he's going to leave them to go on a journey of self-discovery with Korg. Yeah, so he spent five minutes with Chris Pratt and went, no, you, you know what, I'll just, right. I'll, I'll take my chances in space, thank you. Yes, that's enough from you. That's Thank enough you from much. you. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yes, well, uh, very nice to meet you. Uh, I respect your views and uh, goodbye. I went Boris Johnson there for some reason. You did a little bit. You've become Boris Johnson in space, yeah. which would be something I would watch, Benjamin. <laughs> Unfortunately, me too, probably. Anyway, Michael, some very some very hopeful early good signs. Um, there were quite a few panels from the old comics, Michael. So many, Ben. The big Jason Aaron runs that have been brought to the big screen. Benjamin, it's interesting because those Jason Aaron runs are very recent. Very. Very, very recent. And we haven't had time to let settle in whether they're going to be considered classics or not. Oh, I think they probably should be, Michael. Well, I like them, Ben, because as you know, I collect the Thor comic books. It's one of the few comic books I'm still actively buying monthly. Yes, you do. You're a big Thor fan. Big Thor fan, Ben. Uh, <laughs> sounds like someone will lisp yeah. saying that they've, yeah, they've well, injured their fan. You keep getting paper cuts from all the comics you buy. Uh, oh, I'm a big Thor fan. Benjamin. Yes. And yeah, there's a lot of Jason Aaron stuff going on in this. Although there's been a lot of Jason Aaron stuff going on in all of it. Yeah, the the newer runs of Marvel have definitely become the informative material for a lot of what we're seeing on screen these days. And that trend looks set to continue, Michael. Very much so, Ben, in this. There are some shots, Ben, not just not just similar, but right on tracings of the comic book panels. Yeah, they're right in there. The big old dragon. There's a big dead dragon. He's a god, Ben. There's a big dead god, Michael. <laughs> he's a god, Ben, and he's been killed by Gore the God Butcher. Who's not great. Well, 
he's got some he's got some bones to pick. Uh, he's got some interesting points too on the nature of godhood and expecting things. Yes, he does, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us very quickly about who is this gore fellow played by Christian Bale? Was he, is he going to be very skinny or very muscular, Ben? I think I think Christian Bale might go for a classic shredded. Really? Okay, very good. I I yeah. think in order to make it. In order to make, well, I say that now, but in order to create visual appeal, Michael, or visual yes. contrast, I think a big yes. muscular Thor in the prime of his life going up against uh, a much leaner kind of scrawnier man would be very entertaining. Yeah, they could have done it with Malekith, but instead they just made it very boring. Instead, Malekith was just shit. Um, just shit, Ben. Just a real non-entity. Just a real non-entity, Michael. But Gore the God Butcher is quite the villain in, I, I suppose... If if you want to trace the the great transition of Thor from kind of laughable Shakespearean superhero to a bit of depth, a bit of persona, a bit of tooth, go on. It would be the Gore the God Butcher run from Jason Aaron. Oh, I I I would I would think Michael that that was a big moment where Thor is forced to grapple with his own godhood. Mm. But Benjamin, there's a lot of sh- stuff going on in that run that isn't going to make it onto the big screen. For one thing, one of the major driving parts of that plot is there are three Thors. Yeah, future Thor, past Thor and present Thor. Exactly, Benjamin. And um, they don't seem to be going to do that. They might be going to be doing future Thor as in Jane Foster. Yes. Present Thor as in Thor. And I don't know, will they go back and get blonde eyebrows Thor? I think they should. They should just go back and fetch him. Definitely should get blonde eyebrows Thor. I mean... Time travel is on board now, Michael, but uh, gore is going to be interesting because I guess we got the hint of of the death of the Asgardian legacy in Ragnarok because we found out that Odin, not so great. And Benjamin, literally the death because Asgard blew up. Yeah, and then Gore is, is, in the comics, he's a character who was let down by the gods. His planet died and no gods answered his call. And then he found what's called the Necrosword. Mm. And the Necro Sword gave him the ability to kill gods. So what Gore does in revenge for his murdered family is he goes around. And he's like, "You're a god, bye bye. You're a god, bye bye. You're a god, bye bye." You're getting the chop yeah. with this big black sword, uh, and he's pretty good at it. Hence Butcher, and uh, that's that's where we get him from. So it's going to be interesting to watch Thor be like, "I'm no longer a god," mm. and Gore's like, well, "Don't maybe, care." Maybe Ben, it will be a bit of a, a little examination of the nature of godhood in a series where they are definitely aliens. And then in season two of Moon Knight, Michael, we'll get to see Gore the God Butcher versus Bloody Conshu. Benjamin. Yeah. Wouldn't it be absolutely fucking wild if it turned out that what they were afraid of, what the Egyptian gods were afraid of in Moon Knight and why they weren't acting directly was Gore? That'd be good. I mean, I'd I'd get on board with that, but that's a very big villain, Michael. That's a Thanos-level couple of movies build-up. So Gore, Gore, I think would be if 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 the Egyptian gods retreated from you know to avoid a butchering. I don't know, Benjamin. He's like, he's sure he's powerful and he can kill a god and all that sort of stuff. But the the scale of a villain doesn't relate to their power. You know what I mean? He's still a one and done villain. Yeah, but he's not an iconic all time villain with lots of facets. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's a fella, he's a big angry fella. He's angry because gods are real, but they don't help. And he's coming to murder you. Benjamin. Yes. 
Do you think his magic sword is going to have anything to do with symbiotes like it does in the comics? No. In the comics, the necrosword gets kind of retconned. Yeah, I would say retconned. Yeah, it gets retconned. I'd be happy to say retconned. I, I would also be happy to say So Donny Cates took a little bit of liberty with Jason Aaron's run. And in the comics, initially, the necrosword is just a sword of immaculate power without any great origin. Yeah, it's just killing gods. It's just known as a very powerful blade that happens to be in the wrong hands at that point. But when we run into Donny Cates' run on the Venom comics, the Necrosword is an aspect of the the, the dark void god Null. Knull. Knull, um, yeah. in, in comic book terms. And Null is the god of symbiotes, and the symbiotes get a whole backstory, and they're a big hive mind, and they're all afraid of a big bad god called Null. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't love it, Ben. It was a bit mucky. Um, I have a large part of the Null Run um, here in my comic book collections, Michael, and I bought it on a whim because I don't mind Donny Cates. I think he writes a good comic. But you're a big fan of Donny Cates, Ben. You're a big advocate of his work. Yes, um, but in this particular case, Michael, I just didn't think it was very good, and I don't think any symbiote work will have. I'm not certain, Michael. We won't get a little Hella nod. You know what? You might be right because she was chucking necroswords left, right, and centre. And they were called necroswords in that, so I wouldn't be surprised mm. if our good friend Gore the God Butcher figures out a way to harness her power. Or if he's just got one. Or if he's just got one. Or if he's just good with an L necrosword. Maybe he, he just oh, got one. Michael, now here, here's a little, here's a little uh, hot one. take, literally fresh yeah. off the presses, Michael, as inspired by your thoughts there. What if Gore the God Butcher was a bloody blacksmith that made Hella her power? Oh, what, what about it, Ben? What, what about it? Because those weapons aren't necessarily coming from Hella. They could be from the mantle. We don't know. We don't know. It could be. We don't know where they were coming from. The power of Asgard itself, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. In the comics, it was a big surprise who the Lady Thor was. But in this, not so much because it's Natalie Portman. It, yeah, well, I mean, it's all part of the marketing, isn't it? We knew from the second that Natalie mm. Portman was reintroduced. It's like, Natalie Portman's hardly going back to be... Uh, to be a love, a love interest, a love interest again. again. She's she's a, she's a bit moved on from that now. Um, mm. And I, I think it was probably important to let her move on. It, it wasn't a big surprise in the comics, Michael. There's a question for you. It was quite a surprise, yes. the When when they had it in the comics, Ben, they introduced this new Lady Thor. And she's like, hello, I'm a big Thor. Um, and there were five or six issues, which were Thor trying to figure it out. And going around to all his female acquaintances. Or... Uh, female presenting acquaintances ben, right right and asking them and asking them are you um are you doing uh are you doing a big thor hello did you steal all my power and emasculate me and then it, them going no 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 wouldn't do that now and uh jane foster's ruled out benjamin because she has a big cancer she has a big cancer mm. but guess what what it is her it's only it was only it's her all along it was her the big time. It's a big, muscular Natalie Portman, like that dream you had that you told me about. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> What's I not supposed to say? No, you're supposed to keep that one to yourself. Wow. Oh, sorry. Um, I apologise. Uh, yeah. You did say that she had my head. Uh, yeah, it was very disturbing, Michael, and oddly arousing. Mm. As are all not, dreams where you feature, Michael. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, not my head on her shoulders, my head in a basket. In a basket, I know, that's, that was the oddly arousing part. It did nothing for me oh, until she was like, I have a gift for you. It was your head in a basket, and I was like, oh Six. Oh, no more podcasts. Oh, I see. Hooray. I see, excellent. There was a blue Benjamin. Yeti microphone in the basket next to you. Here it is here, look. Uh, Benjamin, yes. um, a lot of people are going to be going, oh, that looks good. 
I, I'm one of those people. I'm excited Very for good. it. I want to see it. Yeah, we're all going to go see it, Michael, because we do Benjamin. a pop culture podcast. Yeah, Zeus. Yes, yeah, so he's there. He's there. He's there with a big plasticky Zeus lightning bolt. Yeah. Oh man, it's bloody! It's bloody Russell Crowe, isn't it? It's only gone and been Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe. What's he doing, Ben? Ben, why has he got such a big plasticky lightning bolt? Um, I think it's supposed to be. So. I could be wrong here, Michael, but I think it's supposed to undermine gods. I think his encounter with Zeus is going to be Zeus is a bit of a braggart and a bit of a, an arrogant kind of god, and he's all about yeah. flash and showmanship. Because right. let's let's remember, Thor is a thunderbringer. So is Zeus. So Zeus. So I think Thor has the real power to call storms, and maybe Zeus has a, a little mock-up. A big plastic lightning bolt thing. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see that I think Zeus will probably die yes go on I don't think Marvel is going to waste time bringing in so in the initial comic book run Michael Marvel brings in a bunch of kind of fictional gods who die at the hand of Gore I don't think on screen we have time to develop a whole new race of gods and stuff like that and just chuck them in there so they'll probably just go with a a classic Benjamin and They've already established the eternal, the Eternals, and there's too much of an overlap between the Eternals and the Greek gods. Yeah, far too much. So, yeah, kill them off. Kill off Mercury so you don't have to worry about Mercury and Macari. And not Icarus, sense. yeah, and all them. It's all, it's all very confusing. The whole gang. Benjamin, there's a lot going on. Are we confident about it? Uh, if anyone can do it, Michael, it's going to be Taika. Okay, or probably James Gunn. Or probably James Gunn. I mean, if those two are working together, I have a lot of faith in it. I imagine they would, because Guardians is his baby. Um, Mm. I don't think we're going to get nearly as much uh, Guardians as as we were promised initially. I think this... I don't don't know if we were promised a lot of Guardians then. I think, sorry, what what I mean by that is the... The send-off at the end of Endgame, where he goes off with them and we kind of all assumed that we were going to be getting a a Guardian-Thor team-up, but I don't think we're going to get that at all, Michael. I think they'll probably be gone in the first 15 minutes. Yes, so do I. I think yeah, that's very precisely good. Benjamin. Same. Yes. Speaking of Marvel things we're not that excited about, Doctor Strange is out literally next week. Michael, how did that happen? Well, there was a big old pandemic. Right. And... Uh, Everyone lost track of time and now there's a film coming out next week that we're, we haven't really thought about that much. Where, where was I when this pandemic was happening? You were, among other places, Ben, you were in uh, Italy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you were, um, I believe you went to New Asgard. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how mad this is going to be. It, it, it's, it looks like it's just going to be a roller coaster of cameos and appearances and... Easter eggs and Sam Raimi and it could be one of the maddest things of all time and it's next week and I have to say we're not that excited about I, it I haven't given it a second thought yeah I mean five years ago Ben if Professor X was going to be appearing in a bloody in a Marvel film I would have been going this is mad I can't wait to see if Professor X is in this or not you would have been sold Michael you would have been like I'm there well I'm there anyway Ben well yeah because you do a pop culture podcast weekly pop culture podcast yeah we, we're always talking about it but oh man I, uh, this is what I mean Michael we've talked about this before there's a, there's a bit of a a multiverse exhaustion setting in 
It's definitely the era of the multiverse. Yeah, and I, I we've talked about that a little bit before, Michael. And I have my I, my existential theories on it, where people need escapism because the current reality we live in, with climate change, impending doom, global war, global pandemic, it's all a bit much. Mm. And the the kind of respite of an alternate reality where you can just sidestep and suddenly be somewhere where none of that's happening. Oh, what a thought! Very nice. Or you could just go somewhere nice like uh, Italy or New Asgard. Benjamin. New Asgard. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. Ben. Ben, the great thing about having a multiverse is you can get rid of Ezra Miller if he keeps fucking up stuff. But I tell you what, Michael, it, it, this is apropos of nothing, and now we're going to have to go on to this topic. Warner Brothers are doing absolutely nothing about it. Mental, Ben. They won't In fact, touch it. No, not with a barge pole. In fact, the only thing they'll say is that, no, we have not had any secret meetings about getting rid of Ezra Miller. I don't think they're going to do it. No, because it's... it's um. Go on. Fantastic Beasts has just come out, so they're not touching that because this is their last hurrah with Fantastic Beasts. Um, that was just buried at the box office by Sonic, absolutely, and Bad Guys, Major. which is a, a animated children's film. Mm. It was buried by both of them. Sonic has been out for three weeks. Yeah, and Bad Guys is an obscure franchise that nobody knows about, and it still beat Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts got absolutely annihilated, Benjamin. Between Ezra Miller and J.K. Rowling, they're really... Um, it's the most troubled picture since Death on the Nile. But now, Michael, with the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard defamation case, it's it's buried even further because Johnny Depp is... By, by the looks of things, Michael... Yes, go on. Johnny Depp is possibly going to come out of this smelling like roses. Oh, big smelly poo roses, though. Big smelly poo roses. Well, I mean, look, his reputation is in tatters anyway because it's hard to shake that kind of thing. But... You know, it, it's interesting <laughs> because I, I was chatting to, to one person and they said, you know, it's interesting how quickly they dropped Johnny Depp. And, you know, now Warner Brothers is like, oh, we couldn't possibly comment. We couldn't possibly. The second Johnny Depp was involved, was like, get rid of him. Swap him out. Get get rid of Johnny Depp. Swap him out. Everyone's changing faces. Is that, is that, is that, um, is that Ezra Miller over there? No, no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. No. Tezra Who is it then? It's um. Well, it's not Johnny Depp. I'll tell you that much. It's Mesra Iller. No, it's different. Mesra Iller. Yeah, different guy. It's a totally different person. Benjamin. Yeah. Warner Brothers can really cast them, can't they? They just keep getting in trouble. They fuck it so much. They just keep getting in trouble. They just can't not get in trouble. It's I don't know what's fascinating. wrong. Fascinating. They just they're incapable, Michael, of a decent casting decision, and they're incapable of a decent decision when it comes to scandal. In their ranks. Like, you remember the whole Ray Fisher, um, Joss Whedon thing, and they they just booted Ray Fisher. <laughs> they were like, get rid of him, he's fired. He's never yeah, working with Warner Brothers again. Ezra Miller beats up random normal people and, you know, assaults people all the time. No, no, he can stay. I don't know. He's, yeah, he's grand. He's Ezra Miller. Yeah, he's uh, Credence or whatever. He's got... Benjamin. Yeah, he's such a core character to the core Harry Potter character. world. So Everybody important. needs to know what's going on with Dumbledore's long lost fourth brother or whatever Benjamin yeah speaking of taking a bit of a step away from the big the big hitters you've watched a beautiful small independent piece produced by Ben um, Stiller by Ben Stiller and Apple two real underdogs in Hollywood yeah two 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 people who've never really had a chance Michael come here to me just this very weekend Michael with my good lady friend Oh yes, go on. We sat down uh, and and gave this a go, Michael, because we both like Adam Scott, Adam Scott of Parks, Parks and Recreation fame, Michael, and and we saw this look at at what is essentially a sci-fi dystopia, if 
you know, if it was a little bit too close to this world, it's like a black mirror, Michael. It's very like a black mirror concept given full flesh. No, oh, it's like holding a black mirror up to society. Yeah, it's very much like that. So in the world of Severance, Michael, it's very, very simple. What happens is you have uh, certain employees for a comp- uh, for a big megacorp like a... Apple. Yeah, like an Apple or a Google. Amazon. But they're, yeah. Or an Amazon. But their name is Lumen. Okay, that's the name of okay. the company. And Lumen has developed right. a technology known as Severance. And Severance is very, very simple. Yes. You sign a contract... As an employee of Lumen, and right. yeah. when you sign the contract, you work on a special floor in the building that activates a chip in your brain, right? Oh, that sounds fun. When it activates the chip in your brain, your second personality comes out, okay? Oh. And your other person, your dominant personality is dormant. And what happens oh, like, is that second personality like is basically a blank slate with no knowledge of the outside world. And they exist only to work. That's very interesting, Ben. Okay. So that's what they do. And basically then when you leave the building or leave the floor, your outer personality comes back and you have no memory of what you did for the eight hours that you worked. Oh, my God, Ben. That's terrifying. What if people have been putting stuff off your bum? So this is the, that is the core premise, Michael. Not butt stuff. But what no. are people doing in those downers. So it's a fascinating sci-fi concept and it's done so simply. What if Johnny Depp were there? What if Johnny Depp were there? You'd probably be fine. But the real question is what if Amber Heard was there? Or Ezra Miller. Or Ezra Miller. Then you'd be fucked. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, or you'd Army get cast Hammer. in the next warm Warner Brothers film. Mm. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a very simple concept, Michael. And, um, you know, it, it, it is essentially... Would you forget your work day if it led to a better work-life balance? Yes, please. Yes, please. So the, the really interesting thing about this is, Michael, the secondary personality develops its own relationships and its own bonds and stuff like that. Um, oh, so something might go up the bum. So something might go up your bum. So this is really interesting, right? Uh, Adam Scott is the main guy. He's Mark. Mm, and it's yeah, from Mark's, Mark's point of view that we kind of tackle this world. Uh, John Turturro is in it. Carmine Falcone from The Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was in Transformers. A robot pissed on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that happened. Uh, Christopher yeah. Walken is there. Oh, my God. He was in Wild Mountain Time. Jamie Dornan pissed on him. Uh, but anyway, so that, that all happened, Michael. Um, but as as it progresses, you know, initially we're introduced to the world and it's very, very simple. You know, we have the world of innies and outies. That's that's the slang term that's been used for them. And your outie personality gross. has no knowledge of what they do in work, which is very beneficial for a company. Of course it is. Because it's the ultimate non-disclosure agreement. You could do all sorts of secrets. Yeah, but it's very, very bad because you don't actually know what you're doing morally. But the question then becomes is, if you're a completely severed personality, are you responsible for the things that you do in your eight hours on that floor? Yeah, is it moral? Is it your problem anyway? And then furthermore, do the people that exist for eight hours a day have rights of their own as they develop Mm. their own individual personalities? Yeah, because then it'd be like, I'd love to go on a holiday. Now, outside of all this, Michael, is the debate around whether this should be legal. Is this a massive breach of, you know, human rights and stuff like that? And some people do it, but the the core of it is, and this is not spoiling anything in the show, Ben lost his wife, or not Ben, 
I'm, Your ben. I'm thinking of Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> My brain is jumping through characters. Mark in this lost his wife in a car accident. And the reason that he goes to work for eight hours a day and switches off is because he doesn't think about it for eight hours a day. He, oh, very good. So it's a very quick way for him to numb that pain. Right? Benjamin. Yes. This fascinating sci-fi concept. Uh, it's, Michael, this is one of the best shows I have watched all year. This is one of Go the on. best shows I have watched in the last five years. It's only April, so I'm glad you I'm glad you expanded. Yeah, this is one of the best shows I've watched in the last five years. It is shot beautifully. Go on. It is absolutely stunning. It's very, very simple. It's very bare bones, Michael. It's it, it, They're not going for anything super fancy. There are some really beautiful, simple camera tricks done to show the transition from one personality to another on the floor. It, it has a very... Um, kind of retro futurism feel to the cubicles and stuff like that and LED lights and office stuff. Um and it's it's just the acting in it is phenomenal as well. Patricia Arquette is um one of the main actresses in it and She was in medium. She was in medium. I don't know what that is. She was a medium. Oh was she? She was doing crimes. As the name may have <laughs> suggested. But yeah. uh, Michael, this is just a stunning uh, nine-part series. Now, it's nine episodes, which is weird. That's a weird number, Ben. Give me a tight eight or get out. I'm not I'm not entirely happy with that number, Ben. I, that freaks me it's out. very unsettling, Michael. But Michael. I don't like the idea of there being a middle episode. Yeah, it's weird. There's no filler. This is It will keep you engaged for the entire show. I don't want to go into anything too in-depth, but me and my good lady friend binge-watched it this weekend because we just couldn't get enough of it 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 um it's so good and so unexpected i I think we've spoken about it a little bit on this podcast but apple tv is making some seriously good sci-fi go on um it must be something about being a, a dystopian corporation yourself that gives you kind of a an inside track on making good fiction about it yeah they're probably been they're probably just going and saying going to like board meetings and saying guys what um uh what ideas have you had for upping productivity and then they get a list from the from the executive and they go, brilliant, we've got nine dystopian series ready to go now. Ready to go. So um, Apple TV has been quietly backing um, some serious sci-fi stuff, most notably Foundation, which is an adaption, an adaptation even, if you're good at English, of Isaac Asimov's famous series. I've heard of him. Yeah, big, big dude. Big, big, big guy in the whole world of... Um, big in sci-fi, yeah. Stuff. And that's phenomenal as well. But they're all getting a bit slept on because not many people have Apple TV. No, I don't. I, the only reason I have it, Michael, and the only reason that we could watch it this weekend is because I have an iPad. Oh, and you're, you have to have it then. And you ha- well, you don't have to, but they give it to you at a discounted, discounted rate of four ninety nine a month. That's quite cheap, Benjamin. What is this, an ad? It's ridiculously cheap. So, Apple, if you want to sponsor us here, um, at this particular... I'm only kidding. But, uh, Michael, this show tackles so many deep philosophical questions and has so many wonderful twists that never feel unearned and the, oh, such an affecting series, so well acted, so well written. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. It's funny. Um, it's bizarre. It's this great parody of corporate life and ah phenomenal I'll series what, i'll tell you what i'll give it a watch give it a watch you should i think i think you michael will will get a whole bunch out of it oh that sounds lovely benjamin yeah speaking of series which are wholly 
consistent and enjoyable. Yeah. We've seen episode four of Moon Knight. That, that's a lie. It's not wholly consistent. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a little lie, Ben. That's I was a doing strange a little, bit. Uh, it was a little amuse-bouche, Benjamin, mm. because I've seen now, I've seen all, every, I've seen every single episode of Moon Knight, including episodes one, two, and three, and now Benjamin episode four. Mm. And I tell you what, wildly inconsistent. Michael, wildly inconsistent. Wildly inconsistent, Benjamin. Um, I don't know who made this, Benjamin, or were they drunk, or was there just too much COVID going on, but it's wildly inconsistent. So I, I did a little bit of digging um, Michael on that oh, because very thematic very thematic I, w- <laughs> I watched a bit of a bit of archaeology as it were I watched Moon Knight episode 4 and all I could think for the first 35 minutes or so of that episode is this is boring as shit yeah it was very boring wasn't it this is boring as shit yeah um, and I didn't want to I didn't want to think that Michael but it was very pre pre-Avengers superhero schlock Mm. And I just thought it was super fucking boring. Yeah, we all enjoyed the mummy. Yeah, but just give me Brendan Fraser. Don't um, don't try and repaste it and give me whatever this is. Yeah, it was like the mummy, but not as good. It was like the mummy, but not as good. So I, I did a little bit of digging here, Michael. Oh, very good, very thematic. Very thematic, very thematic. So the director of this particular show or the showrunner of this particular show is uh, I'm going to get this name wrong it's Mohammed something isn't it it is you're absolutely correct Um, where is it where is it Ben oh you son of a bitch the showrunner no he's not no no, I'm I'm just being a bigot Uh, oh very good Mohammed Diab is his name Michael Um, and he's an Egyptian filmmaker good um, and he was a writer for a long time uh, before he got this. So one of the things, Michael, is that he's not a he's not a Hollywood writer at all. He's an Egyptian filmmaker, as I said. Okay. Um, and the good. majority of the writing credits to his name are Egyptian. Oh, good. Okay. The reason that he got this, Michael, is that he designed a two hundred page treatment that he gave to Marvel as part of his bid to be showrunner for this show. Oh, very good. I did that, but I forgot to send it to Marvel. I think if you had... Yeah, might have got in there. You might have gotten in there. Now, obviously, Mohamed Diab gets extra points because he's Egyptian. Yes, and has a history of making films that people have seen. Yeah, and has a history of making films that people have seen. But he only has three directing credits to his name. Oh. So he's a writer, but he only has three directing mm. credits to his name. Very interesting. And you think that might be part of the reason for this wildly inconsistent tone? I think the wild inconsistency is down to a matter of experience and maybe handling the, uh, a longer form thing because his direction credits are movies. And this is a long form format, which is bound to be a challenge for anyone who's only familiar with film. Yeah. And that's anybody. I'm not taking a particular crack at Mohammed Diab. Like, we couldn't do it. No. Um, we couldn't even make our own pilot. No. But... Took us five years and we never did it. I think, I think that might give us some hint as to why it's so wildly inconsistent. Wildly inconsistent, Ben. I found the first forty-five, the first thirty minutes or so. I mean, the plot was progressing for sure, but I was like, "Oh, we're doing a tomb raiding adventure now, set in Egypt, but without the flavor of the mummy." I, I was just sitting there going, "God, I just, I might just go watch the mummy." It was also very dark. The mummy, it was way too dark, Benjamin. But the mummy, Ben, the mummy is great. The mummy's phenomenal. Because it's got a, it's a great film. It's an all-time classic film. It's got that lovely 30s flavour with biplanes and 
old timey cars yeah. and people wearing funny hats. Great. And Americans. Oh, it's it's great. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser's in it. R- Rachel Weiss, oh. who's also in a Marvel. But um John Hannah's yeah, there. Yeah, this John Hannah's there, Ben. He's doing funny stuff. He's stumbling about the place being a bit greedy and a bit scared. We should do an exhumed but, episode on the mummy. I think we did, didn't we? Oh, very good, Ben. Yeah, you see what I did there? Little little pun there. You're mm. just lashing them out today. I am. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. But then the thing happens, and we're going to go into spoilers here. Yeah. And I turned to my lady friend and I said to her, oh my God, the thing is happening. Yeah, I did. And it, the thing happened. Benjamin, so it, it turns out... Winky, 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 winky. No, no. He's just men. He's just mental, Ben. He's just he's mental. In, he's just mental, and all of this has been happening in a mental asylum, Benjamin. And I absolutely leapt out of my seat for with joy when the aspect ratio changed and the filming techniques changed. I went. This is, this is it. This is what I wanted from a Moon Knight show. This is your Moon Knight pitch, essentially. This is the Moon Knight pitch. This is but your Benjamin. Pitch. Don't forget, Mohammed don't forget, Diab went on the internet. Found our podcast. But don't forget, Benjamin, I can't take a lot of credit for that pitch because that pitch was based on the Warren Ellis series, the Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire series. series. Yeah, welcome the, to uh, New Egypt. Yeah, welcome to New Egypt. And here comes Mr. Knight. He's going to give you a big punch in the head. Yeah. Like, I didn't invent the concept of Mr. Knight. or Sorry, I didn't invent the concept of Moon Knight being in an asylum or any of that. And we had just seen Legion. We had. And it's so Legion, it's unbelievable. And it's quite Legion-esque, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, but I just absolutely leapt out of my seat for joy when the aspect ratio changed and it went to looking like it was filmed on film. Yeah. Or video even. And then we had, like yeah, it's VHS because we get Stephen Grant's weird Stephen Grant. knockoff Indiana Jones. He's played by a different actor and he has a British accent. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved every second of it. My my slight worry about it was I couldn't believe they were dropping this on us in episode four. With two episodes left. Ten minutes two of episode, episode four. Ten minutes of episode four, Ben. Are we going to... What are we going to get? Is the whole next episode going to be in a mental asylum? How are they going to wrap this, Michael? I don't know. Like, we've asked this question before. This is, this is a consistent question for us um, when it comes to the Marvel TV universe. Mm. And one of the tragedies is they very rarely pull it off. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's when when we ask how are they going to wrap this up, often the answer is um disappointingly. Yeah, disappointingly. <laughs> and the last 10 minutes of that Michael for me made up for the rest of the episode, but I then had yes. to stop and take a little time away from it and go, does that excuse 40 minutes, 35 to 40 minutes of boredom? Yeah, they could have Benjamin, I'm going to sound like a fucking sexist saying this, but there was too much Layla. Yeah, you are going to get in trouble for that, but I'm, I don't. I'm gonna- I don't disagree with you. She's not a fleshed out character. Mm. She's a bit of a. She's a bit of an all rounder in that nothing seems to phase Layla. Yeah, you were going to say Mary Sue. I didn't because I know you don't like you that phrase. I held you myself back. Say it. I was going to say it, and then I <laughs> yeah, didn't. But you didn't because we don't use that phrase on the podcast because it's not really a well defined term. Go on. She doesn't have a flaw. She's so boring, Ben. She doesn't have a flaw. She doesn't... What makes Oscar Isaac entertaining... Yes, especially Stephen. ...is that you don't know who you're going to get. And Stephen is a bit of a Hugh Grant in that he's really Mm. incompetent and quite entertaining. 
Yeah. Oh, whoops a daisy, he says. Like the whole Alexander the Great extraction scene is hilarious. Very good, Benjamin. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. The Great. And he's, you know, yeah. that's and good. Him giving her one of the worst kisses I've ever seen on screen. I was Loved every second of it. Absolutely atrocious. Absolutely atrocious, but I loved but it. But redeemed ever so slightly by the, the punch. The yeah, Buster Keaton-esque punch two seconds yeah, later. Yeah, but there was way too much Layla fighting terrorists and single-handedly beating a load of baddies and then Why would beating up care? a mummy. And I say, like, Benjamin, I was, still, I was sitting there watching, going, where's bloody Moon Knight? I love a bit of Moon Knight in this Moon Knight show. Uh, I, I'd love a bit more Moon Knight, to be honest. They just took away his suit and that was it. Yeah, there was no Moon Knighting in that episode whatsoever, Ben. There was loads of Layla doing stuff. Yeah. Uh... Look, we got we got that ten minutes there at the end, and I uh, we got our Stephen Grant, we got our Mark Spector, and I again yes. we get who we assume is Jake's Loxley because there's a third sarcophagus bang mm, to be let out, one. and it looks a lot more sinister than the other two. Yeah. So, so we're going to get Jake. Can we assume then that it's you see he's not mental because where he is now is a weird mindscape because the room keeps moving and there's sarcophagi everywhere and it, well, that's the thing. That's what disappointed me slightly was that. There, it's a well-worn trope, Ben. Yes. Character has an incident and wakes up in a mental yeah, hospital. it's classic. It's happened to... We, we've done an episode on it. We have. I don't know if it was of, of this podcast or of our previous podcast, previous. Michael Benton's <laughs> podcast. But we've done an episode on characters waking up in an asylum and trying to figure out whether it's real or not. Yeah, it's a classic. Hmm. It was a Buffy episode, Ben. Mm-hmm. It was? It happens to Batman about once a month. Uh, yeah, standard. Yeah, it's just a normal thing that happens to Batman. He does all in the bloody asylum again, am I? Oh, oh really? here we fucking go. Um, we did a whole episode, Ben, about it. But they gave up on the concept of it being real very quickly. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. Yeah. I thought Ethan Hawke finally really came into his own as the condescending prick psychotherapist. Yeah, very good. I, I thought that was great. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then... Michael, they do a really interesting thing where they they have that usual suspects moment where Mark is looking around the room and finding the things that have informed his delusion. Yes, very good. But then it switches halfway through the scene and we're supposed to think that this is the thing that's telling Mark Spector that he's in a trap. But maybe it's not. But maybe it's not. But then the room moves. I would absolutely love if it turned out he was mental. That's just just Moon Knight. (laughs) I would love it. I would love if it turned out he was mental and he is in an asylum. Because every single one of these episodes we've ever seen of character wakes up in an asylum turns out to be they're not mental. Not mental at all. But this time yeah, is the time. I, this is the time. I would love it, Ben. I would absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Benjamin. Yeah. What's incredible is no one spoiled the ending with a big hippopotamus lady showing up. Yeah. So there's there's an interesting one for you. Um, what the fuck? Uh, she's she's a god, Ben. I know she's a god, Michael, but what the fuck is she doing being so pleasant? She's lovely. Okay, but, you know, so there's there's one Easter egg that we got, or, or there's one, I guess, foreshadowing moment in the very first episode with, um, with Mark Spector in the gift shop, and he's unpacking a version of this god goddess yeah in uh the gift shop there's a there's a plushy kind of soft toy version of her yes there is yeah so maybe he is just mental so maybe he is just mental but again we're left to wonder on every possibility so 
the internet kind of took this hippo by storm with some people like not the hippo from Madagascar not the there was a, <laughs> there, there was a lot of there was a lot of bad bad jokes made but who it actually is is uh Towerette yes and she's the uh the the hippo she's a bipedal hippopotamus goddess in Egyptian mythology yes and or Egyptian religion depending on who you ask yeah yeah and they have there's a lot of interesting um, things, but she's a psychopomp, theoretically, Michael. Go on. Um, she guides the dead. Yeah, I know what a psychopomp is. Yeah, I know. It's for the listeners. We did a whole episode on psychopomp. Oh, many, many years ago. Don't, back, don't go back and listen to that one because, um, yeah, that, the, the quality, not great. Audio quality. It's before we learned how audio qualities. We don't hold up, Michael. We really don't. <laughs> Um, we're using the same equipment, Ben. Why is it so much better now? Because we're just we're just practiced more. Oh, well, maybe it's practice. Okay. But anyway, uh, Tarawet is a psychopomp and she guides. She's known as the mistress of the pure waters, Michael. She oh, guides yeah. lost souls. Oh, where did she guide them to? Uh, to the afterlife, to a pleasant afterlife. So, oh. as as we know, Michael, that what got us into this bloody situation was an L was an L pop and shot. Mm. Uh, Ethan Hawke got his little bang bang. So do you think he is Mark Spector dead then, Ben? Mark Spector is in limbo, I think. Oh, and it looks like a mental um, hospital because he's got some sort of dissociative identity disorder. I think, I think that they're yes. going to follow the Jeff Lemire run to its logical conclusion where Mark is not aware that he's very, very ill um, okay. and has been suffering from this for years and years and blocks out large segments of his life that contradict it. Mm. Um, so... I think Tawarat. I'm not. I'm not going to get that right. Um, okay. Each time, I think she could be real. Go on. I think she could be there to guide Mark through life. Although she seems quite shocked by Mark. Mm. So I don't know if this is Tarawat's. Or I'm not. I'm never going to get that right. I don't know if this is Hippo Lady's domain. Benjamin, if we have any ancient Egyptian listeners who want to ring in and tell us the correct pronunciation, I'd love that. That'd Hop be great. Up on Discord, ancient Hop Egyptian on the Discord. Uh, that'd be really, really, really handy. Uh, but I don't know if it's her domain, and he's found himself there, passing into the next life. I don't know if she's going to guide him out of this little limbo place, hmm. or if it's just going to be a weird bit. It could just be a weird bit, Ben. It could be over in the first ten minutes of the next episode. I think it might just be a weird bit. I hope not, Ben. I hope it's integral. Benjamin. Yeah. What's incredible is that no one on the internet has spoiled any of episode four, or f- uh, episode five or six. You know why, Michael? I don't know why. Because snitches get stitches. Very good, Benjamin. Even our own Discord snitches have nothing. No one knows anything about what's going to happen next. Not a soul, Michael. Not a soul. That brings us to our interesting topic for the week, Michael, of course, which is Leaky Spigots. Benjamin, we've got about 10 minutes left. This is going to be a brief one. We've got we've got less than that, Michael. Um, we've got leaky spigots. Uh, we were going to take a look at the best snitches in popular culture, Michael. And there's only a few, to be fair. Go on. Um, we, were, we were having a little dig. But uh, the, the, the snitch, Michael. Yes. The humble stool pigeon. Yeah. The rat. I ain't saying nothing, Ben. I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, the leaky spigot in Irish terminology. Very often a maligned character, Michael. Very often a character of tragic ending. Go on. Uh, so in, I suppose, the the snitch, Michael, has always been around since the Bible. Good old Judas. It was Judas a snitch? He's a big old snitch. 
All right, go on. Big old snitch, Michael. He goes, 30 pieces of silver, snitch. Uh, but anyway, come here to me. It's been a trope for many, many a year, Michael, and it's often the downfall of a hero, or it leads up to the hero's kind of last stumbling block, or crucifixion, if you read the Bible. Yeah. But it's kind of been integral to fiction for a very, very long time. We love a snitch or an informant, and sometimes they're a comic relief character, and sometimes they're essential to the plot, and other times they're a real figure of tragedy, Michael. Ooh. But they've become integral to American pop culture on a whole other level, mainly down to hard-boiled detective fiction and noir fiction. That's always where it comes from, Ben. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but particularly Angel, is full of them. Yeah, so it's it's that real, um, particularly Angel, because Angel models itself on a, a kind of hard-boiled detective format. Noir sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. So... What happens there, Michael, is that the the snitch is always a character where they can go to get their info. Mm. And basically, they're a fantastic plot device. 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 Uh, How are you now? This is my little plot device. This is is the boys here which on the podcast to talk about plot devices in fiction. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Benjamin, they're just... They they serve the dual purpose of... um, Moving the plot forward and, if necessary, exposition. Yeah, so they've become that. But, Michael, some people do it with a, with a massive amount of flair. Oh. Other people do it with, with a bit of an... Oh, okay. Okay, it's just a snitch. All right, that's oh, do, cool. Do go on. Do go so, on, then. So, in, in drama, Michael, one of the ways that we see snitches portrayed most often are as drug addicts. Mm. You know, people with, with nothing to lose and a, a deep addiction of some kind. And they're kind of leaned on by the coppers. Yeah. To give up their information. And that's never really a fun trope. But what we've seen an awful lot more, Michael, especially in the era of, you know, Supernaturals and Buffy's and the popular American 22 episode run. Yeah. It's too long. It's too long. It's give me a tight eight or go. Yeah. Or nine. But what we get now, Michael, is we get comedic relief kind of snitches. Hmm. Um, And my... One one of the earliest examples of that that I can think of in in massive popular culture is Willie in Buffy the Vampire's Lair. Who's he, Benjamin? Willie is the bar owner of the demon bar mm. um, that exists in <laughs> Sunnydale. So w- one of the interesting things that happens in Buffy is for the first for the first two seasons, what we get in Buffy is. You know, vampires are a dangerous thing. They're a force unto themselves. Demons are all arcane and very, very dark beings, and you don't mess around with them, and, you know, you don't see them unless somebody summons them, and the whole arcane, mystical element of Buffy is something that happens by accident or by nefarious means. Yes, and um, and demons are just inherently bad. Vampires are inherently bad. If you see them, kill them, and don't feel guilty about it. There's no point trying to cure a vampire. You just kill them. It's the best thing you can do for everyone. On sight. That's, you know, yeah. you know, that's that's what you do. And then because season three comes around and late in, sorry, season four, I think is, is season four college or season three college? Season three is college. Season three. So season three enters the broadening of, of the Buffyverse. And mm. in that we suddenly go, oh, well, they can't all be bad. Like there has to be some way of turning all this around and and making it more useful. So what we do is we start to broaden out the universe and certain demons aren't as bad as other demons. Yes. 
And some vampires, if they're sexy and British, aren't an issue. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So what we get in the building of this world is Willie and Willie's bar. <laughs> totally fine. And Willie is a demon. He's a human who yeah. runs a demon bar for all the monsters and creatures of the night that just want to, to get a drink. Yeah. And they're sound enough. And they're sound enough. And nobody has a go with the Slayer when she comes in. Yeah. Nobody nobody tries anything. Just gets on with business. Um, and Willie is one of the initial ones. And he's kind of a, a classic mob snitch, I guess. He's, he, he even has the accent. Ben. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, all right, Slayer. All right, okay, I'll tell oh, you. I, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't, I ain't saying, saying nothing about these vampires. And they, they do all the classic kind of tropes from the cop shows where he's like, you, you got to punch me in the face so it looks real. And yeah, like, I want to help you. I want to help you, Slayer. <laughs> so that's what we get. So this we got is, a good thing going on, Slayer and Willie. Yeah, it's it's us. It's Slayer and Willie, best pals. So this is one of the early kind of comic relief examples that I can think of in our universes, and that was that was taken to a, an, a whole new level, Michael, by Supernatural. Benjamin Angel had one too called Merle. Did it, who's Merle? Tell me Merle more about was Merle. Angel's Merle was Angel's equivalent. He was a kind of a demon lowlife who hung around in the bar in in Angel. And Perfect. he was the, he was the one who Angel went to and leaned on in the classic. You know, he was a classic low life character. A classic low life character. He was a classic low life who Angel went and leaned on for information from the demon underworld. It's a classic, a classic Benjamin. But Merle met a very tragic end. He got killed by anti demon vigilantes. So that's so that's one of the things that often happens to our our vigilante characters, our leaky spigots, Michael. They have a real tragic end. One, um, they get caught up in something they're not supposed to be caught up in, um, or they get caught doing a job for the hero, and very often they serve as as a motivational tool for the hero, or yeah. especially in the early days, as kind of a guilty reminder for the hero. Go on, you know, I couldn't save Merle. God damn it, I couldn't say he didn't deserve that. He was in that situation because of me. One of those, exactly, Benjamin. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly, yeah, it's a classic. Um, and it's, it's a real thing. But one of the things that turned that on its head, Michael, and one of the things that kind of really pushed the snitch into whole new territory was Supernatural. Go on, you're always bringing it back to Supernatural. I know, I, I, love, I love Supernatural, Michael. It's, it's, it's all I got. One of, the things, <laughs> one of the things that really set Supernatural apart was the, the bizarre villain characters that became fan favorites. And one of the biggest ones ever was Crowley. Played by noted man of science fiction and fantasy, Mark Shepard. Some Shepard, that's the fella. Yeah, so Mark Shepard played Crowley. And Crowley really turns the snitch idea up in his head. Crowley is a snitch for for the purposes of moving pieces around under the chessboard. Mm. Um, so Crowley kind of drip feeds the boys, as he calls them, uh, information so that he can make his own manoeuvrings down in hell. Yes, um, and one of the things that sets him apart is he's very, very powerful. Um, but he shares all the kind of classic snitch traits. He's the first man to slink out of the scene if things go south. He's the first man to kind of slip away from the danger. Yes, yes, and that's what makes him such a wonderful character. So it's a real inversion of that uh, leaky spigot trope, Michael. And we get a very suave, debonair, if not a little bit cowardly snitch. Hmm, and it's kind of a classic. It's and he becomes of, one of the most popular characters, Ben. He does. And he gets, keeps getting written in again and again and again and again. I mean, we've, we've come across those types of characters before. I mean, 
people like Lando Calrissian in Star Wars would be an example. He's taught to. Very good. He's thought to be a leaky spigot, but it turns out he's double crossing them. Um, you know, the good they're, side they're going to get some information but it, like these kind of characters pop up again and again sometimes they're they're snivelly little kind of noir weasels yeah and other like times the they're they're smooth operators with no allegiance on either side mm. you know it's it's whatever's required and they're a great character they're a great addition to any show michael benjamin we might have to wrap it up and ask the listeners who they can uh uh, who, well, who they'd recommend. I mean, if the listeners have been paying attention, they won't tell us anything, Michael. They won't say nothing. They then. won't say nothing. But if they do want to say something, they can get in touch with us in a few different ways. They can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabiog.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means a tiny room in Irish. Sort of, maybe a little bit. They can find us on Instagram at Sure Look, Sure Listen Podcast. It means Sure Look, Sure Listen in English. Always up to date with the latest in... Science fiction, fantasy, comic book, and movie news. One of these days, I'm going to fit you for some cement shoes, Michael. Um, oh, I ain't saying nothing, Ben. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. And but the best way to give us oh all my God, to give us all the information Benjamin. from the streets. Sorry, what? Benjamin. I know I'm interrupting you, but something terrifying has just happened. One action figure has just fallen down off my shelf. Oh no! And uh, I don't know if the if it, you heard it on the thing, but I'm going to hold it up, Benjamin, and you're going to have to react for the audience. Because okay, hang quite, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me get ready. It's Let me quite get ready. the fucking twist, Ben. I have to say. Yeah. It's fucking Moon Knight. <laughs> it's Moon Knight. Ben. It's fucking Moon Knight. <laughs> he just jumped down off what? the shelf, Ben, and he's ready to fight you. He's in. He's in a pose. He's in a fighting pose, Ben. He's coming down to fight me. He's what the heck, you Ben? Up, What's bro? going on? What is going... I think he heard us bad-mouthing the first half of that last episode. He's going to manifest and con you the fuck out of us. He's going to kick me in the face. Ben, anyway, what were you saying before uh, that spooky incident? If you or anyone you know would like to get in touch and give us some information, be our eyes and ears on the street, the best way to give us that information is to get up on that Discord, baby! Hop up on it. That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off to Benjamin. go get some information from my informants. Yeah, Benjamin, speaking of informants, I was up on the Discord the other day. Oh, you and fucked me. I have very bad news, Benjamin. What? The, the the last week's episode of The Fate of the Furious, or whatever the hell you called it. Um, <laughs> what was last week's episode? I don't remember them. I blocked them out. Remember, the you, were, you were Jesus, but in Oh, Dublin. yeah. Je- Jesus's. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Benjamin, that is the most popular thing that we've ever done on the podcast. We're getting messages about it on the Discord, on the Instagram. What? People love it, Ben. So we're going to have to rebrand the whole podcast what? towards... Dublin faith-based television shows. Oh, balls. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I knew you'd be disappointed to hear that. That is disappointing. What? Our most beloved segment of all time, Ben. People want more of it. I don't know if they want more of it because was that it was my, humorous. Was, it was, so, so I'm going to have to write this pitch for DE, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Benjamin. I don't know uh, if they loved it because it was humorous or because they just want more Jesus talk. I hope it's, uh, the, I hope it's the former, not the latter. The only way we'll find out, Ben, is more Jesus talk and we'll make it really not funny. All right, we'll do an episode a week. I'll do a little mini pitch every week. You can see what you like. All right, very good. All right, that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Have a nice day.